guys, my name is Leif Farnison, and you're listening to episode 45 of the Vegan Gym Podcast. My brother and I are vegan fitness coaches and bodybuilders who started this podcast as part of our mission to show the world that vegans are strong, healthy, compassionate badasses who are leading the charge against chronic disease, animal abuse, and climate change. We've had the opportunity to help thousands of vegans reach their fitness goals, but we're just getting started. Our goal is to help 1 million vegans get into the best shape of their lives. So if you believe in challenging the status quo and showing the world how badass veganism really is, then this podcast is for you. With that, I'd like to introduce my brother, my co-host for this podcast, Anders. What's going on, man? Yo, what is going on, guys? It is good to be back. Oh, it's so good. I feel like we've been saying this quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but guys, we have been building such amazing things and amazing content for you, and it launches what next week right yeah yeah the book <laughs> launches next week officially and uh this has been like such a long process it's been stressful wait. long nights <laughs> it has so yeah. much excitement but we cannot wait for it to get into your hands because yeah. you guys are going to freaking love it yeah <laughs> and we've got a bunch of other cool stuff coming so anyways we are going to get back onto a more regular podcast schedule now that this book is off our plates uh that's kind of like a huge um get just like huge weight off our right. shoulders well I, like, I didn't even see late for like a few weeks he just sat in a room and watched yeah, basically. The book. <laughs> which is totally awesome like I, I commend him for all of the effort that he put forth for yeah. that book so. it's going to be so good so uh you guys definitely have to get the book uh you can head to veganshredding.com if you have not reserved your copy but anyways, uh, we're going to get into this episode. Before uh, that, we have two first, reviews, yes, though, man. Exactly. Go for <laughs> it. Uh, we got to show the love because you guys have been showing it immensely. So thank you for that. Uh, so the first uh, review that I want to read is from Ethan from the United States. He said, I love these podcasts. I've struggled with gaining weight my whole life. I've been vegan now for two years and I've trained on and off to keep in shape but was never able to gain weight. I actually have been able to gain 10 pounds since listening to this podcast and reading their training techniques on Instagram. Such a great resource. Thank you, guys. Awesome. You are freaking Kudos awesome, to you, Ethan. Ethan. That's I, really, I remember being that's there. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it feels amazing to put on that weight because it, it's, it's difficult. Um, the second one was from Lula02 uh, from the United States. And uh, I believe this is... I would say female, maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> Probably. Um, but uh, this individual says, can't even remember how I got to this podcast, but after listening to one episode, I had to listen to all of them. I'm not one to ever leave reviews, but I find myself checking every single week to see if they have uploaded so much helpful information and they've made it so easy to understand. I've gotten so much value and knowledge out of this. Awesome. You are freaking well, awesome. Well, I feel like we've let you down awesome. a little bit over the past few weeks, Lula, but... <laughs> we will make but, up for it. But we're going to make up for it, and uh, we're going to start with this episode. So in this episode, we are talking about low-carb versus high-carb. And this is something that we get asked a lot. Like This, this the, is like something that's just going around in the fitness industry, yeah. like left and right. It's yeah. like no one knows exactly what is the best avenue of, of approach. Right. So. Well, everyone talks about low-carb dieting. Like that's all the rage, especially ketogenic dieting and stuff. And uh, it's often hailed as like a powerful weight loss strategy. And um, that's very much kind of pervasive in, in the fitness world uh, currently. 
Um, but it's not, it's not like a new idea. Like low carb dieting just comes back again and again in like different forms. Uh, it gets tweaked a little bit, uh, rebranded a little bit, but like first it was Atkins and it was paleo, uh, then carnivore or whatever, ketogenic. It's <laughs> like, it keeps coming back and there are various tweaks, but it's all basically like low carb dieting. Um, so people don't do Atkins anymore or very few people do because it, uh, it doesn't work so well. And there's a new low carb diet to kind of fill its place. So, um, anyways, uh, we, if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time, we highly recommend a high carb diet. Um, but at the end of the day, I love research and that's really what I ground my approach in. I grounded in scientific, uh, evidence. So, in this episode, that's exactly what we're going to be doing. We're going to be going through the research and really kind of peeling back the the layers to uh, this question and deciding whether or not uh, low-carb dieting can actually really help you to uh, shred fat or if it can't. So uh, with that, we're going to get back, we're going to get right into it and uh, we're going to start here by uh, really talking about like carbohydrates and um, despite popular belief, carbohydrates do not make you fat. <laughs> this is something that people keep saying. It's like people think that if you eat carbs, you're going to gain weight or you're going to uh, you're going to spike your in- insulin and then you're going to like start just uh, storing tons of body fat and stuff. That's not at all true. It all comes back to energy balance, okay? It's calories in versus calories out. It is really that simple. You can be eating junk food. You can be eating ice cream. You can be eating bananas or tofu. It doesn't matter what you're eating. You could just eat pistachios all day. <laughs> uh, I just picked up some pistachios at the grocery store. I can't wait to eat it's them. It's on his mind. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, you can eat like any food that you want. And as long as your calories uh, that you intake are below the calories that you expend every day, you're either not going to gain any weight uh, at the very least, or you'll probably be shredding fat if you have a significant calorie deficit. So it really all comes back to energy balance, okay? Carbohydrates do not make you fat, period. Um, However, uh, people still think that low-carb dieting will help them to shred more fat. Uh, But really, if you look at all the research, there's a copious amount of low-carb dieting research, and it really has all yielded fairly unconvincing findings on long-term fat loss. Uh, So in this episode, we're going to really be discussing kind of the research on both sides of the low-carb versus high-carb debate. So let's talk, go one step beyond carbohydrates to start with and start talking about glucose. Now, glucose is your body's preferred source of energy. It fuels your brain and your muscles and a, and a bunch of other vital functions in your body. And glucose is usually made from carbohydrates. So when there are no carbohydrates available, uh, no glucose will be available, but your body has to survive. So it's adapted various uh, other methods to, um, to create energy for your body to survive and for you to move around and stuff. Um, and this is particularly useful uh, during periods of famine or starvation or whatever uh, when your body doesn't have a constant supply of glucose uh, from your food. So there are two methods that we've really evolved to generate more glucose. 
Now, the first is gluconeogenesis, and this is where glucose is created from protein or dietary fat uh, from your diet. Now, the second method is ketosis, and that's really um, that's that's where your liver actually converts dietary fat into fatty acids and ketone bodies, and that's what your body can use uh, for fuel when it is in a state of ketosis. So how do you actually achieve ketosis? Uh, there are kind of a few ways you could go about it, but basically you either have to uh, fast for more than 72 hours or you have to follow a very low carbohydrate, high fat diet for several days to weeks, depending on uh, your exact body composition, depending on uh, the exact uh, kind of macro ratios you're following and stuff like that. Um, but anyways, uh, to make sure that you achieve a state of ketosis and you don't actually uh, create glucose through the process of gluconeogenesis, uh, ketogenic diets are actually limited in protein. And that's a really, um, I think that's a, a common misconception in the fitness world or in the nutrition world is that ket uh, ketogenic diets are actually high in protein, high in fat. Um, and the textbook definition of a ketogenic diet, which we'll get into in just a little bit is actually a high fat diet with, with moderate protein. It's actually not a high protein diet, uh, because you want to rely on ketone bodies for fuel. You don't actually want your body to produce, uh, um, glucose through the process of gluconeogenesis, uh, by consuming too much protein. So anyways, um, <clears throat> People often use the terms low-carb dieting and ketogenic dieting uh, kind of interchangeably, and uh, we see this really all the time. People uh, kind of will talk about low-carb dieting and then just say, oh, yeah, kind of like getting into ketosis and stuff like that, but they're not actually the same. Uh, they, there is an overlap, but they're not necessarily the same. So the definition of a low-carb diet is very straightforward, okay, low-carbohydrate, but it's actually not very well-defined. Uh, so the definition, uh, there are various definitions that, uh, that you can find online. Some people say, oh, you have to eat less than uh, 20 grams of carbohydrates. Some people say you have to eat less than 5% uh, of total calories or less than 10% of total calories. Some people say that you have to eat less than 50 grams of net carbs. Uh, net carbs just mean uh, total carbs minus uh, fiber. So there are a bunch of different uh, kind of definitions for low-carb dieting. Now, in contrast, the traditional ketogenic diet, which was first introduced in 1921 as a medical treatment for epilepsy to mimic the uh, metabolism of fasting, is actually very well defined. So a ketogenic diet, or keto for short, is a low-carb, high-fat diet with moderate protein intake. And uh, the first guy to really formulate the, the ketogenic diet and to define it uh, was a guy named Dr. Minnie Peterman. And he first officially formulated the ketogenic diet in 1925, and he defined it as consisting of 10 to 15 grams of carbohydrate per day, one gram of protein per kilogram of body weight per day, and the remainder of your calories coming from dietary fat. So tons and tons of dietary fat, very low carb, and a moderate protein intake. And uh, present-day nutrition and fitness gurus have kind of really muddied this definition, uh, and they kind of use the ketogenic diet or keto diet uh, really interchangeably with just a low-carb diet, and they tend to re recommend 
um, especially in the fitness world, a, a much higher level of protein intake than the one gram of protein per kilogram of body weight per day that uh, Dr. Minnie Peterman uh, first uh, recommended in 1925 for uh, kind of like the official formulation of the ketogenic diet. I think it's because they they realize how hard it is to get that low in carbs. <laughs> well, well, not just carbs, but also protein. Well, like, yeah, that too. If you really, if you get that low in carbs and then also drop your protein, you're basically just eating dietary fat, and um, that's not really optimal for achieving fitness goals. Yeah. Uh, having a protein intake that low. So, um, if you keep a low carb diet with a kind of uh, moderate to high level of protein and uh, the rest of your calories from dietary fat that tends to kind of be what uh, many fitness um, ketogenic dieting kind of and that's people still, advocate still difficult just because like I, oh I, that's incredibly difficult dieting yeah. down for my first competition like the 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 coach I had wanted to play with my carbs a little bit and I didn't really know exactly what to do at that time and I it was so difficult to get down underneath uh, 75 grams of carbs. <laughs> yeah. I could not imagine 15 grams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, you have to eat a lot of dietary fat. <laughs> yeah. That's and that's another statement. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not for everyone, right. but but some people swear by ketogenic dieting for, uh, for fat loss. So we'll get into the research and discuss uh, really what science has to say. Uh, but yeah, I mean, ultimately it comes down to what works best for you. Right. If you decide, Hey, I just want to, to eat avocados and, and <laughs> oil and nuts. I, I just want to drink and, oil, please. <laughs> and, and stuff like if you want to do that. And of course you can, you can, uh, have a, a varied, uh, diet, even as a, uh, someone who's, uh, following a vegan keto diet. Um, so it's not, it's not just like, like it doesn't have to be miserable to to right. follow that diet, but uh, it can be very difficult, uh, and you have to be careful about exactly what you're eating. Um, but anyways, uh, so so that's kind of what uh, nutrition and fitness gurus kind of uh, recommend, like a low carb diet uh, with uh, with very low carbs, moderate protein to kind of high levels of protein, and then uh, lots of dietary fat. So um, so. Anyways, severely restricting your carbohydrate intake will cause a sudden drop in weight. That's what a lot of people see when they first go onto a ketogenic diet, and then they think, wow, this is amazing. I'm actually starting to lose weight, and things are moving forward, and, and uh, this, is, this is the thing that I've been looking for. This is awesome. <laughs> uh, and the reason that actually happens is when you severely uh, restrict your carbohydrate intake, you're going to suddenly drop in body weight because you're losing glycogen and water. Uh, so water uh, binds with glycogen in your body, and uh, that can contribute up to about two kilograms of weight loss, according to uh, the research. So if you first shift from a higher carb diet to a very low carb diet, then you're going to deplete your glycogen stores. So your body uh, will store glycogen in your muscles and liver for, for later use, uh, basically for uh, kind of like an energy reserve. And your body will flush all of that uh, as you drop carbs because you're not replenishing your glycogen stores. Uh, so yes, you'll see that like initial drop in body weight or most people who shift to a, a key ketogenic diet will see that drop in body weight. 
but are low carb diets actually good for shredding fat? Like, do they actually help you beyond just that initial kind of, uh, drop in body weight, uh, which actually, which is just gly- stored glycogen in water. It's as I said, fat. that's not body <laughs> fat. So even if you see like two kilograms, uh, five pounds or so, if you see that drop off your body in the first week or two that you shift to a ketogenic diet, that actually is kind of, that's not real fat loss. That's just, uh, that's not even real weight loss. Really. It's just, uh, you're losing glycogen and water. So do low carb diets actually help you to shred fat? So according to the popular so-called carbohydrate insulin model of fat gain, they definitely do. So the carbohydrate insulin model, uh, is really this idea, um, that, uh, that says that diets in carb that are high in carbohydrate are, uh, particularly fattening because, uh, of their propensity to elevate insulin secretion. And the more insulin that you have in your bloodstream, the more your body is going to tend, uh, to store body fat instead of oxidizing it within metabolically active tissue. So in response to that as well, your hunger and appetite will increase um, and your metabolism will drop, thereby uh, really promoting fat storage and weight gain. Uh, Now that's at least how the story goes. And yes, when you ingest carbohydrates, uh, it does raise your insulin levels. But does that actually contribute to fat gain? Uh, The research that we're going to cover here uh, says no. So let's start here with a, um, a, a study that found benefits of ketogenic dieting and really kind of look at uh, the study design and determine uh, whether or not it's a, it's a good study to kind of uh, base our nutrition uh, approach on. Okay, so uh, to test the hypothesis of this, um, of this carbohydrate insulin model, uh, researchers at Central Connecticut State University selected 16 men and 15 women to participate in a one-week study. Now, all of these subjects, uh, all of these subject participants, had at least two years of weight training experience, and they followed a uh, one-week ketogenic diet with uh, 5.4% of their total calories coming from carbohydrates. So, definitely a very, very low-carb diet. And the researchers observed slight decreases in body fat among uh, the female participants in the study. And they also noted that, uh, that all of the uh, participants really maintained uh, their strength and power over this one week. So it's really difficult to draw any sweeping conclusions from the study due to the very short-term nature of the study. It was only one week long. And also the subject's diets were not really closely controlled. So the subjects actually ate an average of 381 fewer calories per day and also increased their protein intake by 56 grams per day compared to their usual diets. And that's what the researchers uh, were basing their findings on. They were looking at these subjects' uh, usual diets and then putting them on a low-carb diet and comparing the two. Um, uh, so it's really unclear whether the improvements in body composition, like the, sh- the fat that, they sh- that the female participants shredded, um, and the, the maintenance or slight increases in performance can really be attributed to uh, the low-carb and high-fat nature of their diets in particular, or rather a decrease in calories as the subject 
experienced and an increase in protein of 56 grams per day. Like those are not insignificant uh, uh, changes in their diet. Uh, dropping 381 calories per day is most likely going to put you into a caloric deficit, especially if you were at maintenance before. And adding 56 grams of protein per day is a lot of protein. And that's, uh, that's actually a very common issue in uh, the ketogenic research, especially the research that uh, really promotes uh, the adoption of a low-carb ketogenic diet. Um, in fact, a 2012 study from Maastricht University determined that the often associated increase in protein that's observed in very low-carbohydrate diets um, may actually be the key to their success. So for some people, if you're switching from a high-carb diet to a low-carb diet and you jack up your protein, that can help you to preserve lean body mass as you're shredding down, which can make your uh, body composition look better. It can also help you to increase your metabolism. Uh, the, the more protein you eat, the higher your resting metabolic rate tends to be. Um, it can also help you to kind of push through tough workouts and, uh, and really just see um, possibly better results following a ketogenic diet. And it's not necessarily the carbs that you took out, it's additional protein that you added in. And that's where a lot of low-carb diet research tends to go wrong. So if only we had a study that actually compared a low-carb diet versus a high-carb diet where calorie intake and protein intake were matched, they were equal. Uh, well, thankfully, we actually do have these studies. In fact, we have 32 of them, so we're going to look at that now. So in a 2017 meta-analysis, um, and just to clarify, a meta-analysis is uh, really the uh, statistical procedure where you combine data from multiple studies and uh, analyze all of that data together. Um, so anyways, a 2017 meta-analysis of 32 controlled feeding studies, um, and control just means that the researchers actually provided all of the food to the subjects, uh, so they just didn't go off and like eat whatever they wanted and just kind of like track it uh, on their own because that introduces a lot of error into uh, to nutrition studies. Um, so... This 2017 meta-analysis of 32 controlled feeding studies found that both energy expenditure and fat loss were greater with high-carb diets than low-carb diets. Uh, and this is really important because many of the low-carb studies uh, that, uh, that we've uh, that have been uh, really kind of like widely publicized uh, by low-carb uh, dieting proponents um, were not really closely monitored in terms of their food intake. So these 32 studies uh, were controlled feeding studies, which again means that the researchers provided all of the food to the subjects. So these 32 studies that the researchers analyzed uh, represented a combined study size of 563 subjects. So this is not a small population uh, when you're researching uh, these 32 studies uh, in this meta-analysis. And perhaps the most important part of uh, this meta-analysis is that all of the controlled feeding studies that were analyzed were isocaloric, meaning that they, were, uh, that they had the same amount of calories. Both the low-carb and high-carb diets in these studies had 
the same number of calories, and they were also matched for protein. So all of the subjects in these studies consumed the same amount of protein. So that levels the playing field, and we can objectively uh, look at this and and really decide uh, whether or not a low-carb diet uh, is better for fat loss than a high-carb diet uh, by, uh, by analyzing these in such a similar fashion. And these results from this meta-analysis are in the opposite direction to the predictions of the carbohydrate insulin model that we discussed earlier, uh, but the effect sizes that uh, the researchers found are essentially physiologically meaningless because they're so incredibly small. So in other words, a calorie is a calorie. It all comes back to energy balance. It's calories in versus calories out. When it comes to body fat, when it comes to energy expenditure, when it comes to gaining muscle, it's all calories in versus calories out. Um, And these researchers looked at 32 high-quality studies and combined them in this meta-analysis. So this is a very high-quality meta-analysis that has uh, really a lot of research behind it. And uh, essentially, these researchers found that a high-carb diet and a low-carb diet really have no differences in terms of fat loss. So a high-carb diet, uh, even though they found it to actually be slightly better than a low-carb diet when it comes to shredding fat, uh, they determined that it wasn't uh, that the difference wasn't statistically significant uh, because it was so small. So they essentially said, you know what, high-carb and low-carb, uh, they're essentially the same. Like it's a level playing field. It all comes back to energy balance. Um, So let's look at another study. In a 2018 randomized clinical trial conducted at Stanford University, researchers found, quote, no significant difference in weight change between a healthy low-fat diet versus a healthy low-carb diet, end quote. Furthermore, a study from the Department of Nutrition at Arizona State University found no major differences in fat loss, muscle loss, or overall weight loss between a low-carb diet with about 5% of calories coming from carbs and a high-carb diet with about 40% of calories coming from carbs when protein intake was equal between the two diets. Now, again, that's super important. Uh, You must have, uh, in order to compare them accurately, you need to have them uh, have the same number of calories, so isocaloric, and also have the same amount of protein in each study group. Uh, So really based on the current metabolic research, low-carb diets do not appear to yield any fat loss benefit over a high-carb diet when protein and calories are matched. Also, a recent review in the European Journal of Clinical Nutrition confirmed that low-carb diets do not accelerate fat loss beyond a high-carb diet when protein and calorie intake are controlled, when they're equal. Um, And in a study analyzing the effectiveness of low-fat versus low-carb diets, researchers from the University of Glasgow concluded, quote, differences between low-fat and low-carb diets are marginal. Optimizing adherence is the most important factor for weight loss success. End quote. So the science that we've reviewed here really fails to establish any legitimate benefits of low-carb dieting. But I haven't said that low-carb dieting will hold you back from shredding fat. In fact, that meta-analysis that we looked at uh, with the 32 controlled feeding studies, uh, the researchers in that meta-analysis found that both low-fat dieting and low-carb dieting uh, are really uh, can pretty much be the same in terms of their fat-shredding ability as long as calories and protein intake are controlled. 
So all I'm really saying is that low-carb dieting doesn't have any magical fat-shredding powers. It really comes down to calories in versus calories out. So uh, you really have to figure out what diet works best for your body and most specifically what diet allows you to uh, really maintain it for a long period of time because that's when you see results. You don't see fat shredding results instantly. You have to achieve those over time. So you have to find a diet that works for you uh, that you can maintain over a long period of time to actually see uh, significant results. So it's also interesting to note uh, that whenever I'm talking about low-carb dieting, I always come back to this idea that really the healthiest foods on this planet, uh, such as fruits, vegetables, uh, whole grains, legumes, they are not low-carbohydrate foods. I think we can all agree that fruits and vegetables are uh, the healthiest foods on the planet, and they are all high in carbs, or pretty much all high in carbs. And, uh, and I think that's, um, really, uh, I mean, it's not a very scientific approach to, to really the high carb versus low carb dieting argument, but I think that really, uh, does hold some weight because at the end of the day, we want, we don't only want to be, uh, lean and, uh, toned or ripped or whatever. We also want to be, uh, super healthy <laughs> at the same time. Like we very much believe in balancing those two, uh, health and fitness. So, I think you also need to have really healthy foods in your diet, and um, and I th there's so much research uh, that that really um, really uh, uh, just shows that having oil and stuff in your diet or other high fat uh, processed foods are really uh, not optimal for health. And yes, there are ways that you can have a high fat diet without including things like oil in it. But um, at the end of the day, fruits and vegetables are super healthy. Uh, that's, um, I don't think there's any research that can possibly uh, kind of dispute that fact. And, uh, and those are not uh, low carbohydrate foods. Plus carbohydrates uh, tend to be your body's preferred source of energy, uh, not dietary fat. So yes, you can force your body into a state of ketosis, uh, where you actually use ketone bodies for energy, but the current research has yet to prove that that has any benefit for shredding fat, improving your health or improving strength and performance. And furthermore, all of the present research on ketogenic dieting is relatively short. The long-term effects of ketogenic dieting, uh, of maintaining ketosis are largely unknown. And several studies have actually called the long-term health effects of ketosis into question. Now, again, this isn't to say that ketogenic dieting or very low-carb dieting uh, in general is not effective for fat loss. You can totally shred fat following a ketogenic or very low-carb diet, um, and you can, you can improve your body composition by following those diets. Uh, it just comes down to finding the diet that works best for you, the diet that, that you can use to maintain a calorie deficit because that is the only way that you're going to shred fat over the long term. There are no special diets. There's no special food or, or any magic here. It all comes back to energy balance, calories in versus calories out. How can you best maintain a calorie deficit if your goal is to shred fat? Uh, that's the question, and that's really something that you have to answer individually. If that turns out to be a low-carb diet for you, 
awesome. Follow a low carb diet. If it's not a low carb diet for you, don't worry about what everyone else is saying uh, and and follow a high carb diet. Um, at the end of the day, that's all that matters for fat loss. Calories in versus calories out. Find the diet that works best for you and maintain it. It's that simple. So anyways, do you have anything else, man? No, I just I enjoyed listening to you the entire time, man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, it's, it's really valuable information, guys. It's like there's so much controversy between which is better, and uh, I hope this has completely eliminated it for you guys. Yeah. And it, it really does come down to what works best for you, and as long as you can sustain it, that's what you should be following. Yeah, yeah I tend to think that a high-carb diet is uh, generally healthier and more sustainable but if that's not uh, and what, tastes better, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, it's all subjective. Right. So, exactly. so at the end of the day, it comes down to your personal preference. So, um, and and as I said at the beginning, it's like even though I we follow high carb diets and we recommend them both for shredding fat and building muscle or whatever your fitness goals are for your health, everything. Even though we recommend that, I still will look at the research and uh, and look at that. Uh, really, um, kind of objectively and decide like what is best for actually shredding fat because I am, uh, I'm very happy to change my approach as I learn new things. I've constantly been doing that over the past decade and I, that's why I read research Exactly. (laughs) because I want to learn more and I want to, uh, tweak, uh, my diet and training, uh, and the, the diet and training of our clients to, uh, really maximize results. So, but as it stands right now, I'm not getting rid of my fruits. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Neither am I. And you don't have to, or you can, (laughs) it doesn't matter. Uh, it, it everyone wins. Yeah. It all comes down to energy balance. There's no, the high carb diet doesn't win here. The low carb diet doesn't win. It's a draw. And, uh, it really comes down to personal preference. So I hope that that cleared up uh, the the questions of low-carb dieting for fat loss in your mind. Um, that's going to be a wrap for the podcast. Um, and as we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, uh, our very special announcement this week is that uh, my new book, Vegan Fat Shredding Secrets, is going to launch next week which is amazing. I can't wait uh, for that to happen. And if you haven't reserved your copy, uh, you can do that right now by heading to veganshredding.com. The, and the first thousand books are free, guys. Exactly. So it, it's, yeah, you it's running out. This, you <laughs> want to be on this wait list. Um, uh, so you definitely want to grab a copy of uh, this book. Uh, I think it will bring you guys a lot of value. And uh, if you found this episode in particular to be super valuable, uh, please go ahead and show your appreciation by, uh, first of all, subscribing to the podcast, either on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever podcast podcast platform you're listening to this on um, and also leaving a review uh, we're going to keep doing uh, these review shout outs and uh, if you want to hear your name on the podcast and uh, uh, really um, uh, help us to spread our message more uh, please go ahead and leave a review um, and it literally just takes two minutes it's, and it, it's and it keeps simple. us going guys like it fires us yeah. up to see how much you enjoy our content it really does so yeah uh, we really appreciate it and it also helps us like Leif said to get our message out there to everyone else. So uh, show some love. Just post a a review and uh, yeah, we'll call you out and say thank you. (laughs) Yeah, not in a bad way. We won't call (laughs) you out in a good way. way. (laughs) We'll call you out in a good way. So anyways, thank you guys so much. I hope that you love this episode and I hope that you have a freaking fantastic week and until next time, keep challenging the freaking status quo. (laughs) 